Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. So today we're going to be talking about just um, how we go about making backstories. I know Will and I have completely different just views on how to do things. John's kind of somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go to one extreme. Will. What do you mean by extreme? How long was Zaros's backstory? 14 pages. <laughs> Hence extreme. That's not extreme. I could have went way deeper. Seems pretty deep. You know, it's 14 pages, dude. I wrote like three. I like to be descriptive. Okay. (laughs) Listen, when I'm making a backstory for a character, I'm not just making some, oh yeah, here's your basic, this is who he is. This is why he's on adventure. I want the backstory to be able to fully explain who he is, why he is who he is, where they've come from, what they've been through, what they've seen, what led them to this point. Why? Because it gives me a better image in my mind and hopefully the DM's mind of my of my character. Okay. So if I hand you a post note that said, yeah, uh, his name is Zaros Tiefling Gunslinger uh, Bounty Hunter. There you go. Well, I'm immediately assuming he's a bit edgy. Uh, probably a bit rude. And, you know, it's also just fun to, like, take what you've written and then, like, let the character grow from that. Like, in my personal opinion. Like, I got that. My background was, like, three pages just because, like, half of it was, like, all right, time to come up with lore on Ganassi because there is none, you know? And then the rest of it was just kind of like, yeah, he's a druid. There's other druids. That's about it. I personally like writing a little bit. I think for a first draft of a backstory, I also I limit myself to three pages just to kind of... I get that little image in my head, but I won't go into complete, utter detail about who they are. I like to have a couple bullet points to give me some maybe personality ideas of how would they act in maybe this specific situation. Then going in, I I did that for Alistair and Bryce's campaign. I wrote his backstory. For my other characters, I've practiced voices, I've practiced this, I've practiced that, but for Alistair, I went in going... (laughs) All right, so here's here's Alistair. He's 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 a little bit higher. He's a little fast. He's a li- he's a little little weird. I had no idea that was gonna be him, but when I introduced myself, I kind of just fell into the role, and everything fell into place, and then I was able to complete my backstory based on how I was playing him. See, here's in between you and me, though. You can act. <laughs> I can't. I think everyone can act. It's just whether you can do it well. So <laughs> for me, if I don't fully flesh out my character in my head and on paper, I'm going to end up just being myself rather than my character. That's not true. During the Rejected campaign we're doing, you, like, brought out, like, the, like, you're a wizard, right? Like, you brought sorcerer. out that kind of, like, oh, sorcerer. You brought out, like, the little you're nerdiness to it. Yeah, you are a wizard. You're a gravitergy wizard. Yeah. That's right, I am a wizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, Okay, maybe he really doesn't know his characters. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> They're all just me in cool wizard clothes. <laughs> I wear robes and I look so regal and so wonderful. <laughs> Ryan's Rogar is showing. <laughs> oh, Rogar. What a man. That laugh is your Leonin showing. Of course. Yeah. See, that's that's the thing. I have so many different, so many different voices inside my head. <laughs> that's schizophrenia <laughs> or is it just... No, it's fine. I'm fine. Can I get the tech bot spell quick? Oh my god. You wouldn't know which door to go in. <laughs> you might have just a constant maze spell. 
It's yeah. like it's like Scooby Doo when they go in one door and they come out from the other door. Yep. It's like shit. That is my mind for just this campaign. Just yeah. an FYI, like Gina's character has thrown such a wrench into the plans I have made, but it's the exact wrench I needed to make everything work. Okay, interesting. It's it was it was so weird. I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, that wouldn't work. Oh my god. I, I had, like, a mad dash at, like, midnight. I have my best thoughts at midnight, apparently. That's a mood. Yeah. Midnight and showers. Poops, too. Solid. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was actually They're on the toilet. solid. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> if you have... If <laughs> you've eaten properly. <laughs> this is where the pot has gone to. How to take a shit one-on-one. <laughs> Make sure it's solid. <laughs> take a power stance. Knees <laughs> <laughs> above the ankles. Oh, God. Why above. <laughs> yeah, you said knees above the ankles. When would you ever take a poop like your knees below your ankles? This is anyway, like a poop anyway, sitting let's, on let's their get, knees. Let's get a little bit back on topic in, in regards character. to backstory. <laughs> We're not talking about in-character poops. Let's go back to backstories and how they influence your character and how you yes. play. Because I know we talked a little bit about it last time, but John, the thought you had for Stone was completely different. Oh, yeah. Even when I made his mini, I, I made some, like, cocky, like, smug, like, hero-type guy. And then, like, our the opening setting of the campaign is us at a funeral, and there, it was, like, a like a, a warrior's funeral, so it wasn't much more like a, like, mourning. It was more like celebra- celebrating their life. And it was just like, yeah, he's competitive, but he's not an asshole about it. So, like, I, I joined the arm wrestling contest, and it was literally just because... He wanted to compete, not because he was like, oh, I'm confident I'm going to win. You got 10 gold off of that day. Yeah, I got none of it. That's not true. You did get half. Did I? You yeah, did? You got your half. Okay, okay. Zaris gave you half. All right, I couldn't remember. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I know you will kind of, you you had this very, very, I don't want to say narrow, but you had a very kind of specific idea of what you wanted Zaros to be, and do you feel like you've followed that do you feel like you're playing him to how you originally wanted him honestly yeah because i, I when i first saw this character i knew that going into it i even spoke to you about this that he was a lone wolf type of character and it was going to take time and progression to get him to be more i don't know i'm supposed to rephrase this caring i show no better word right now so i'm gonna use caring empathetic empathetic there you go and being with the party for so long, it kind of changed him to not just rely on himself, but to rely on those around him as they rely on him. Yeah, we've also revived you, so that's probably helped too. Just make sure you don't reincarnate him to the wrong body. Yeah, you know, God forbid we waste a thousand gold of, what is it, incense? And he's like, like I don't want to be a gnome. <laughs> Decides not to come back to life. Zars <laughs> would actually be very useful as a gnome. Uh, of course he would, you just don't like gnomes. Also... I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn down reincarnation as a gnome. Okay. Mechanically, though, do do they get the option to decline before they know what it is, or no. is it like okay? No, they so. see the body and then they get to choose. It has to be a willing soul, so okay. if they're not willing to come back. Well, I thought it was more of like if they're willing to come back, and then the DM's like, "All right, you go back into your body. You are now a human." You know. Um, I don't know. I'd have to reread the spell. I don't know the exact parameters. But, I don't know, I know, um, in Critical Role, spoilers if you listen to that, but... Plug in my ears. You know this already. Oh. Not's not not. 
Oh. Oh, well, not is not. Well, yeah. not is not. Not is not. Veth. Anyone who, anyone who watches... <laughs> anyone who watches Critical Role oh, understands what we're saying. Will has so no clue right oh, yeah, now. I haven't watched any of it. But yeah, so I mean, I know for that, that could be a really, really interesting way to go about making a character where they have been reincarnated a, um, into something completely different, something that they hated. Do you, do you guys feel as though maybe looking outside of traditional, well, man, he was an orphan raised among the streets until one day this mentor took him in. <laughs> I mean, that, but that was also, I mean, that's also similar to a lot of backstories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I'm not, I'm not meaning to attack you at all, Will, but that's, that's a lot of backstories. Yeah. Where, it's like a, it's or the, maybe you were left on a trope. doorstep, and then some wise druid man took you in. Yeah, it's kind of like my backstory. You, you, you do two, You two do have very similar backstories. Of you don't know your parents. You don't know what's going on. You were taken in by a mentor, and now you're a hero. Yeah, I, I tried to make mine like you know you follow the tropes of like, well, this is what like leads the person to want to do good is the fact that they didn't have like a good upbringing or they want better for other people, and like I I just. I wanted to, like, take that and, like, just spin it just a little bit. So instead of him being, like, his parents are dead, you know, it's, like, we validated it by, like, being, like, yeah, his dad's an all-powerful genie. His mom was a power-crazy, like, uh, researcher, and she used one of the wishes to impregnate herself uh, with his child. And then the last one was to, like, send him off to, like, carry on her legacy. Instead of just being, like, they couldn't afford him, so they, like, threw him to some, like, monastery. Um, so, like, I, just, like, slight changes. To I mean, it's kind of like well, what my Goliath's character's backstory was. His uh, backstory was that his mother was a spellcaster. And she was, like, more of, like, a performer spellcaster. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a wizard. And she always cast, like, these small spells to, like, show white and color, fire and ice, just to woo a crowd and get coin. And this man challenged her that she's not really a spellcaster. She's just... A magician and challenged her to learn the spell wish sure you're popular with the children yeah literally oh my god i i'm so mad we didn't use you didn't use that in line in campaign against whom rock i think it, yeah yeah it was it was uh or no i think it was morel maybe yeah who, i don't know some some bad guy who was like preaching in the in the streets and was like did like some press the digitation type spell no that was morale yeah yeah and then and then i, I wasn't there for that though yeah, you were i wasn't there for that but i whispered it and like he was crafting a gun yeah um, which is never yeah, yeah. anyway sorry going back to what you were saying will oh yeah so the guy challenged her to learn the spell wish and grant him a wish so after months of training and practicing she finally learned how to do the spell so she went back to the streets and the man said grant me this wish i want a great protector to protect me for the rest of my life she cast a spell nothing happened but she then as a human gave birth to a goliath which killed her okay then her servant took the goliath to the home of the goliath to be raised all right i got it i'm putting it together now yeah it was it was an interesting backstory and something like that actually brings up Something I, I want to bring up anyway. How to, like, what do you guys think about not making a character the best of the best? And, Will, I don't mean to 
call you out here, but this is kind of something you have done in the past mm-hmm. with your first paladin and with this Goliath character. You made them the absolute best at something. The paladin just happened to lose his memory, and the Goliath at level one was the best fighter in his Goliath clan. So, I mean, it's, is that... I, I just don't... I just personally don't understand the justification. Because I know for a fact... We talked a little bit about this last time, but I absolutely love flaws. Mm -hmm. I love being able to go into it and say, no, my character is weak. My character was brought down to the lowest peg because they thought they were that. They They thought they were hot shit. But really, they thought they were hot shit and they could do maybe a couple tricks every once in a while. But dear God, they were a failure. Versus like a the strongest Goliath in the Goliath clan coming from a powerful mother who could cast a ninth level wizard spell wish. That just seems... I mean, my half-orc was kind of like that. From last year? Yeah. What was his backstory? I don't even remember his name. He was... He was Thrall. Thrall. Yeah, Thrall. Thrall, yeah. Yep. He was left at the doorstep of the School of Magic by his parents, and he was raised as a wizard, and half-orcs, you know, not being known for spellcasting was kind of rejected by everyone and in a rage accidentally killed the kid i do remember was thrown that out now. of the school I, I do remember that now I, those are cool i always like those like weird combinations of like this race doesn't really go with this like class but like you choose it anyways knowing you're going to be someone at like a, a disadvantage just choosing that right but i mean like i i really don't think your half work was like that sure he was doing he was a decent wizard but he was also he also had a lot of strength. I think, if I remember correctly, his strength score was higher than his intelligence score. Yes, it was. So he wasn't the best of the best. He wasn't the best wizard at that school. He wasn't the son of a 20th level character. His best friend was a raven. But but that, that's what I'm saying. He had flaws. He had his downsides versus Lazadath and versus, I think his name was Derek, they... It was Duncan who was originally known as Derek. Yeah, so it was Derek, the 20th level paladin, who forgot his memory and became a first level paladin. And it was Lazadath, the first level fighter, who was the best fighter in the clan. Either it was a really, really shitty clan, or he wasn't the best fighter. Well, you could always flip it and say, like, he, he like, perceived himself to be, like, he was that, like, narrow-minded and, like narcissistic, that he was just like, I'm just the best fighter here, and that's how he advertised himself. Like a bully. Yeah, and, and then no one no one knows about that. And I mean, like, in our first session that campaign, I killed this character. Oh, so yeah, and then like you like that's the way you like justify it. like oh he's the best fighter, but that's what he's said, not necessarily what is distinctly written in the background. Like put that in quotes. Fair, fair. I think I think that'd be an awesome character flaw, but it, again, it would very narcissistic and just like self centered, bully aspect of oh look at how great I am. Reminds me of a Dragonborn we played with. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, no, we, uh, a couple, couple, couple years ago, we played a campaign with a Dragonborn who was very, very happy with the amount of health that she had versus the amount of health that we had and would brag about it. And then when she got hit, she would complain and be very sad. No, 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 When she got hit, she'd be like, oh, pff, five damage, huh? And then she died, and she was like, how did I die? Well, unless you're a barbarian, I don't think any damage is any. She was a damage fighter? fighter. Yeah. yeah, fighter. But, no, yeah. So, I mean, 
do you, I I know a lot of your play experience will comes from video games mm-hmm. and I know when we first started D&D you compared D&D a lot a lot a lot to video games where the heroes in video games are that larger than life that god-esque type of character mm-hmm. where they really don't have a lot of flaws so or I mean lose. or lose it's very very difficult for a video game character to lose because you just load the game again so is is that kind of where you're coming from in regards to that I mean, when I first started making characters, kind of, but I've well, the reason I compare, especially character building, to video games is that, especially in video games, your character, like my characters, have long backstories. They have past. They have history. They things that build up to when you're playing the game, and that excels into the story that you're playing the video game in. Okay. I know a lot of video games that don't do that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, like, maybe if you're playing, like, the third of a, of a series of games, then, like, the difference is you've played through those. Whereas you're not, like, most games, like, at least to my knowledge, like, you start out, you're just kind of, like, some schmuck. And then you, you build up this renown into, like, this, like, whoa. And then your backstory is something you've played through in-game. So, like, it... Which then it, could be phenomenally transferred into... D&D because again not at, I'm not at all trying to bash the way you play I'm just thinking like for Zaros maybe one of his bounties maybe a bounty that he completed maybe that could have been an adventure that we played through together at the table rather than words on a page yeah I mean I'm definitely guilty of it too I'm pretty sure like my character right now is like like second in command of like the moon druid like a s- society or whatever it is not fully second, but... Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like an ambassador kind of deal. No, and I think we're all guilty of that, too, because e- even my character, Alistair... I, I'm only saying Alistair because I'm really not a player with you guys. I play with Bryce. Loser. I know, I'm so sorry. But Alistair, he traveled to the Underdark, and he was kept there and beaten for a long time and did a couple adventures as a blood hunter in the Underdark with his mentor... Granted, I started level 5, y'all started level 4, so it's okay to have some of these. Mm-hmm. But again, is there is there a way to kind of go outside of that and go, you know what, maybe I can save this. Maybe this can be an, this can be an idea I present to the DM, because I know, if, at least for Alistair, there's still stuff I could do in the Underdark. Is there? I know there's more bounties you could do, but is there stuff you could do for the Druid Society? Is there stuff, like, more things you could do for... The garden. Y- y'all say, I mean, y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and you already put a thought in my head about it based on how you've been describing a lot of things based on the garden. Uh, by the way, for those who, I don't think we mentioned this in the last No, nah, I don't think we did. Uh, the bounty hunter guild or location that Zaros comes from is known as the Shadow Garden. It's literally a shack that when you say a secret phrase, the door opens and it turns into, I forget the spell, it's not a spell, but it it's a secret. It's a passage into the Feywild. Yeah. But anyway, uh, didn't know any of that. So we'll get cool. That. It's fine. Uh, and like in my mind, I've always imagined that the that the majority of the bounty hunters at the Garden were more in my mindset of like they're not just killing for sport or coin. They're killing for honestly, in some way, justice. 
and the way you've been presenting it, I haven't, we haven't been to the Garden yet in the campaign, so I can't confirm or deny that, but every time the Garden's been brought up, it's always been very discriminated upon, how people there are just murderers, and it's corrupt. It is also a bounty hunter guild. No, I get that. But, like, the whole point of the bounty hunter guild was that it was supposed to be for justice. They're kind of like vigilantes, almost. And the way you've been presenting it in a dark light, so in my eyes of going in the future, obviously we have been there, so I can't confirm or deny this, is Zaros may bring light back to the garden. Yeah, I, and, I was, it would make sense for him to, like, travel through Ludum and then be like, wow, people think we're, like, really shitty people. We should probably, like, work on our branding and our marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we got t-shirts! I was just... Just, we sell t-shirts buttons please buttons coffee mugs for the whole family every Wednesday we have coffee <laughs> Thursday night's bingo night at the garden oh god but but yeah that, that makes a lot of sense whereas like the, the reason he joined was because he thought it was like vigil- like he could be Batman and now he's finding out that like it's becoming like not corrupt but corrupted more in the sense that it's like not what it originally stood for mm-hmm. and then like he can eventually work to take the helm and like redirect it towards the way that it was originally supposed to be so that it becomes kind of like, you know, something people can look to if they need help instead of like, ugh, those are those shadow-hiding bounty hunter guys. I have to be honest, yeah, with that, it's just like, I I, I wanted to do something beyond just your backstory. I didn't want to, I didn't want to follow the exact path you had set Rizaros from day one. I wanted to give it a little bit more flavor. In my opinion, would a bounty hunter guild stay perfect and justice for good always? No. In my opinion, would things that they have once stood for, like John said, would the justice and the only killing out of goodness, like Dexter, always be a thing? No. Generally, if people kill, it is very, very difficult for them to kind of come back. To the good, if you understand my meaning. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think definitely, not saying one way or another, but I think DMs should almost do that with a backstory. Is take what you said and go, okay. That's like like you were saying, John, that's your perception. That's what you think. And then going, here's how maybe we can modify it so it's still what you want but maybe it fits a little better while also making your character have a more natural growth. Because mm-hmm. this is still very much like storytelling with extra steps, you know? So, like, I, I think, like, when you're playing a character, you get, like, just so, like, focused on, like, what, like, you want them to be that, like, the occasional, like, wrench is, like, it makes your character, like, grow in a way that, like, you don't expect. So now you've got to, like, adapt and if you're already in character, now you're doing it as your character. And you get to see, like, how your character would naturally react to different stimulus. Stimuli? Stimuli. Do you guys write your backstories based on the scores you roll and where you put them? Or do you put your scores where you write your backstory? I don't write scores where I write my backstory. I usually write the backstory and then I just kind of, like, then I roll. I'm, I'm always, like... What kind of character do I want to play before I even roll? So that way I know, like, okay, this is basically what his backstory is going to be. I know I'm going to want to, like, put, like, my higher stats in Wisdom, Con. Like, it's never really, like, all right, roll. All right. Uh, 
guess I'll be a fighter then. Like True, true, true. But I, I mean more like, um, do you ever roll first and then go, hmm, man, I have a really, really low charisma. I need to justify that. And then mm. add things to your backstory to no. work on that. No, I do the exact opposite. It also Okay, it also doesn't help that neither of you have bad scores currently, except for your nine in intelligence. But it's like I could have metagamed and I could put my one higher stat into intelligence so I can be a better blacksmith or tinkerer, but instead I want to make sure my my tiefling was also very charismatic. So I made sure that his charisma is one of his better stats. I also think that it's like he played a very uncharismatic character last summer and hated being discriminated against. <laughs> you, it's not that he was discriminated against. It was just he had an eight he charisma very... <laughs> and very aggressive as a half-orc going up. Give me the thing. Okay, no. <laughs> this is a business, sir. <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely redo that campaign and change a couple things about the way I played. I think, I think it'd be cool to, for Abe to be a warlock rather than a sorcerer. That'd also have been cool. Like like we said last week, the the whole like hippie idea of like, yeah, he's on drugs to talk to his patron, not just to like, yeah. yeah. I still like the idea that nothing actually happened. You're just hallucinating everything. <laughs> yeah, what like at at the end of the the campaign, right? It's just like, and you know, at, camera pans out from Abe's eye as he's just sprawled out on the floor, <laughs> eyes glazed over. Or I'd like it better that, like, the end of the campaign, we're, like, we're, like, 16th of that point, kill the big bad, and, like, we're presented by, we're presented to the gods, and the gods looking to be, like, how did you come up with all that? What do you mean? You told me to. We didn't say anything. <laughs> how did you get here? Who let you in? <laughs> but the shrooms. You ingested the shrooms. You thought you were talking to gods. Yeah. And then, in reality, he's just, like, in his garden, like... Talking to a flower. (laughs) For a couple hours. Anyway, speaking of last year, that actually brings up a good point. Throughout your time playing D&D, what is different from the way that you write backstories than the way that you originally started? Because I know for me, Will, in your campaign, Durin had, had a fully fleshed out backstory. Sure, he had a full backstory, he had a whole thing, but he also had his arc. His arc was finished before the game began, so I didn't have anywhere to go with Durin. He was always just the strong, silent, father-like character just watching out. But, I mean, and that's a wonderful trait. I love role-playing that trait, but that can only get me so far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So is there anything that you guys have learned from your time maybe writing backstories before and now that we are playing more permanent characters than we did last summer? Trying to go first, anything about this one? Alright, um, I guess I'll freaking ad-lib my answer then. Um, I don't know, it's like, it's very strange because, uh, his backstory's not very finished, um, my, my druid, or, like, it's not very, like, well thought out, but I feel like there is an arc, I just haven't fully decided what it is yet. Like, is it him becoming, like, more confident in himself and, like, not just, like, putting up the front? But then, like, where do I go from there? Like, before, I didn't write a backstory. I was just kind of like, I just want to play. But now it's, like, actually just sitting down and, like, trying to think of, like, what to do with a character. Like, that's a lot more responsibility. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, 
even even with just a couple things you said, John, and a couple things we were discussing earlier, but if Stone eventually does meet his father with the new Tasha's Culture of Everything coming out, there is going to be, I'm pretty sure, there's going to be a genie warlock. So you might multi-class into warlock maybe to maybe potentially gain your father's approval. So that could be a fun arc if you yeah. wanted if you wanted to become more confident in yourself you could do something like take the inspiring leader feat to become more of that leader than you know you appear to be to actually become that leader to give resolve to the party around you yeah it, there, there's a lot of things to think about with the coming future and that's why i really really love abe because you have just this blank canvas with a little bit a little dot right in the center and you, you can really right. go did I say Abe? You did say Abe. Stone. That's why I really love Stone. Apologies. Um, so you could canvas, dot in the center, go any direction. Yeah. Sorry about that. You're fine. I was just like, you did not like Abe. <laughs> I just couldn't hit Abe. Never hit Abe. Was not dropped once in the campaign. Oh, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> Will, what about you? Have you learned uh, anything about writing backstory? Uh, one thing that I tried to do in Zaros, which I feel like I did a good job on, which a point you brought up before, is I made my characters way too, they're the best of them all. And I tried to make sure Zaros didn't appear in that light. I know mentally he portrays that way, but I wanted to make sure that, like, in background description, he was not labeled the best of the best. He was a student under a mentor who was one of the better ones. Like, one of the top, but it wasn't like, oh, the, his master was like, the most renowned person of all time. Like I made my my first character, Duncan. Yeah, it's that that is definitely a fine line, and I know we kind of talked about this earlier. But if you do have that, if you do have that mentality going in, where your character is the best, that can really create kind of a quote unquote main character syndrome. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I know you've said you've had problems with. Mm. I'm trying to replay what you just said in my head because I had like something, and now it's gone. Apologies, but no. What I mean by like main character syndrome is going in, and you kind of did did this with Michael's character Sindarin. Um, he didn't. He kind of he kind of had this whole thing where he was a fallen god who was now a half elf. He was straight up Apollo in character form, and so to have that. You know, as a character in your party, it's hard to not make that kind of person the main character. It's kind of not, it's hard to not have that mentality of, oh, well, the main campaign's happening because of me. So I am the main character. How, how do you guys kind of combat that? Because I know that can be a problem, especially with video game thinking and everything. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm just naturally like, considerate of people too much to like make like want the spotlight just like in life so like it, it's easy for me to be like i'm not a main i'm not the main character i'm a main cast member i'm like steve urkel i'm reoccurring all the time but Didn't i'm not i do that <laughs> yeah but but i'm never like the center even though he did become the center um a little bit there's a little center in everyone yeah I, I tend to like really think about like, okay, so after we do this portion in this in this campaign, what are we doing next? Like I'm like as much as I know like the like end of this arc is us fighting your night hag, Malamfeka, immediately I'm like, okay, where do we go after that? Like like do we take on like like in game I'm thinking, okay, so what, what Stone would do is the light shouldn't be on me. 
your uh, mentor's been missing for like what 10 15 years or something like that 10 years exactly like to me it would be like if i know how i feel like i'm a failure he's been missing for even longer so like in a way i'm like trying to push the spotlight onto you to be like hey let's work on you and that's called projecting john stone is insecure stone Stone is insecure and just projects his flaws and insecurity exactly but it's more like like you if i know how i would feel if i had been working on something for 10 years and i and it hadn't come to fruition and like he wants to help he's very helpful but you know he's not gonna be like a little bitch about it you know he's not gonna be like hey man you okay like he's gonna be like Let's find your guy. Let's get this over with so we can do my thing and then, like, you know, get some milkshakes. I think the one thing that really helps for, I think this is anyone, and I mean, I want to do my next character to prove my own theory, is that I think the thing that gives any character the main character problem is when you write your backstory, if you give your character a main objective. Like, my character's main objective is to find his master. So is yours. A character that has... So is Alistair's. So is Alistair's. Any character that has a main objective tends to want to get the spotlight to get their main objective done. I, I, I don't know if I fully agree with that because there's... There, like, that main objective can so often be the reason they're adventuring in the first place. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you just have a general objective, it's just like, you want, you want to find your master. You want to find Zeno as soon as possible and now you almost feel like you could especially with the people around you whereas if if it was just something more general just like i have this thing i could do eventually it almost takes away the drive of a character so i mean i I feel like it's almost a catch-22 or a double-edged sword where you might have this one thing where it's like too much main objective versus not enough if you know what i'm saying I can see what you mean, especially with your dwarf character. How literally, when there was you know a giant red dragon burning the forest, you're just like, I'm just gonna sharpen my axe. I'm just gonna sit down and have my tea. I I don't need anything else. With yeah, with Durin, he like I said, he was a very complete character. If he had just lived the rest of his life in solitude, nothing would have changed. He did not grow from day one to day when we finished the campaign, yeah. which is no one's fault but my own. But it also is like. It, it really shows how having a little bit of a main objective can be a solid point. But, like, I, like say, for instance, quick character build. You have some 20-year-old kid fresh out of school, and he's like, I want to make a name for myself in something. That's his main objective, to be written in Legends. But even still, that's a, that's a main objective. He wants to make a name. Would that not then be a little bit more main character then? But you, like... What if he's a bard? What if he's a lore bard and he writes books? And he writes his own He's just lore. J.K. Rowling. He's just... <laughs> and then he gets famous because he keeps changing what's canon in his books. Actually, Stone was gay. <laughs> Stone's there right next to him. You're gay. When all was trans. <laughs> but, like, you, you see what I'm saying is there is such a catch-22 of... This could be pushing way too main character versus, you know, I really don't have a reason. Maybe maybe the more abstract way that you were talking about would be a really good way. Maybe not abstract, but something far beyond what they think they could do. 
I like the idea of, like, he just wants to make a name for him. Because then you can twist it either way where he's, like, so, like, forced, like obsessed with the idea of, like, fame and renown that, like, he could become, like, a, a villain in the campaign. Just some kid who's, like, I want people to know my name. Like, there needs to be some weight to my name. That, like, maybe he takes, like, a wrong path and he thinks he's doing something right. Like a Walter White when he goes, fucking like, say exactly. my name. You're Heisenberg. It's like... He, he once he gets there, he needs that recognition. It becomes such a the crux of his flaw. And then it becomes now he has to take out anyone who opposes him. Like that'd be cool. Or he's looking for like kind of like take the Terry route, where you're like looking for like a band of people to like take you and become some great adventurer with. Right. So yeah, I think I think the abstract idea is a really really good idea because the so objective. I want to find my master. I want to. You know, I need to discover this one singular secret. It does make it so very narrow. Which then goes back to the main character issue where you need to get those things done. Like, for instance, after he finishes arc, now our characters are stuck in the option of, okay, do we go one by one and go through everyone's tragic history and find the solution? Or do we just disband because we don't really need to go through everyone else's tragic history? I've definitely been thinking about that. Um, and, and I was just thinking, is that on the, let's say, the DM then to, sure, okay, so his main objective is find his master. Is that up to you as a DM then to work out an arc or some wrench that could, like, lead to more growth? Or would that be more on both character on the player and the DM? I feel, I feel like it's a little bit more on the DM side, in, in my opinion, because I don't, at all want it to be where let's say Zaros finds Zeno. Let's say Zeno's alive. You don't know whether or not. But let's say Zeno's alive and you find him and you have this happy ending where Zaros and Zeno are hugging it out in the end because Zaros saved him from this terrible, terrible fate. Where does Zaros go? You like I I think it's on the DM to kind of maybe throw a wrench, to kind of put something else in there to where the character will still want to adventure afterwards. Yeah. Because that that's a big problem is there what if your character stops growing because their objective is complete? I uh, this is just looking at Zaros. I know that Zaros even like say for instance out of our five characters Zaros's backstory is the first one completed. Sure. Zaros at that point wouldn't just go, "Okay, I'm going to live my happy life staying in the garden not doing anything bye." Zaros would still, especially because you guys helped him find Zeno then, go repay, into... Yeah. Repay that debt, quote-unquote. So then that's why I feel like it's on the DM to maybe go, okay, like, I know I know for a fact you were already thinking about what's after Malamfeka. I have three different things. Yeah. Already kind of planned where you guys could go, okay, well, we could take this route. We could mill about, maybe go to one of our own individual things, or like I have this other thing that might come into play because I've been slowly putting in little seeds throughout, so that way it, it isn't just. <laughs> I'm so ready to just play through the whole game. Like I really wish this was just something I could binge on, like just go through because I want to play. That makes me really happy. You should. <laughs> But, yeah, so I've been, like, putting little seeds to maybe make you guys feel... Maybe not that you have to stay together, but oh, there sure. might be something greater. There might be something better. Or if there's not, there's always a what if. Yeah, like, character-wise, I've been wondering. I was like, depending on what, like, is proposed, like, does Stone stay with this group? Or is he, like, 
hey, it's been fun, appreciate you guys, but I've got to figure out what's going on. And then if our paths cross, they cross. Like, it's been a thought. I wouldn't want to do that, but it kind of would make sense. Like, he, no, he's... I get that. I think also, not to target it on you, but I think it's also the DM then to kind of find some way to tie backstories together. Like, what if something that happened in my past was also afflicted in your past, something that happened in my past was also afflicted when I was past. Yeah, could be, because our, our, ours are very similar. We're like, well, your guy's missing, and a whole tribe of people are missing that I have to find. So like they, they could be related like that that could be some way there could be some way you could like link those together. There has to be a reason the party wants to stay together mm-hmm. has to stay together rather than wants to. I I actually disagree. I don't think the party should feel as though they have to stay together. I, I agree. I don't like that because then it feels forced. Then and I want that natural character growth. I want I want the party to want to stay together to go. If it if there is this way, it is kind of difficult as y'all's DM to kind of say things without saying no, no, things. No, no, go ahead, you know say, I mean? it, say everything. Yeah, say but everything. like, if there is the fact of like, oh, your backstory is related to my backstory, and my backstory is related to her backstory, and everything kind of all fits together like this one big puzzle. You guys could really, if you wanted to, go out individually, but you also have that desire to stay together and maybe find out why is yours connected to mine. Why is my backstory and her backstory leading to the same person? And that's how you get the big bad guy. But also on top of that, like like I said before, going way back to talking about Zaras's character growth, like when he first came into it, he was a lone wolf. Like he had no desire to be of a party. Yeah, he he did it strictly out of uh, like a favor to Aegon's like well not a favor, but like following his last wish of like, hey, you four, now five. Yeah. Go find the person who killed me yeah and zara's over time has become very connected to the party we have more specifically the stone than any other party member keep you in line you know i'm gonna keep charm person prepped more often and get out of trouble <laughs> oh my god it's going to i succeed on that wisdom save continue my bit for once it's not a bit if you're being a dick <laughs> I had reason to be a dick. Yeah, yeah. It, it's validated reasoning. It's also just like the rest of your party's kind of more is way more trusting than you are. But I mean, you do. But I mean, I do. But <laughs> part of dynamics is definitely something we can maybe talk about another time. I don't know. We've been we've been running a little long here. Should do oh, some is it that time? Book to do some book mechanic stuff next time. Yeah. You know, if anyone actually listens to these, let us know what you might want to hear. Yeah. DM Brian's TikTok of all things. No, I haven't. You can do my Instagram. I have an Instagram. Yeah, do that too, but you know. Same name, Table Talk RPD. Add him on inter- Snapchat. Add him on Facebook. <laughs> MySpace. His phone Add number that. is 610. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if, if, again, if there is actually anyone, you know, listening and wants to hear about something, let us know and we'll do our best to talk about it because we'd love to talk. We love talking D&D. Yeah. I love talking to you guys. I love you guys, man. I love you guys. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys.